Welcome to the Grow Room Discussions, a podcast brought to you from growroom420.com. In the Grow Room Discussions, we discuss the many aspects around growing cannabis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Check out our other podcasts. And of course, come and say hello on the forum at growroom420.com. Right, light cycles, GMI. Um, obviously, there's a whole range that people use now, or different um, schedules. Um, there's a whole uh, range of... It's not like there's options. You kind of got a, exactly, a ballpark. Yeah. And you can use whatever you want within reason. I mean, I know that you've used it um, to try and be really cost-effective. I've really scaled down the, the uh, lights-on hours or and lights-off hours. Um, some people stick to set patterns, which I think are more... Um, what's the word? Not accepted. Common routine. Yeah, more common routine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, if you run through um, the light cycles, I think it's a bigger one. Yeah, man. Well, I think I'd. Well, I'd actually like your input on this because I'm not sure if we touched on it last time we spoke, but I noticed people talking about running 24/0 in forum chat a couple of times. Yeah. And personally, when I see that. It makes me cringe a little bit, but I'll get into that after I get your your, your view on 20, uh, 24-0 light cycle. So 24 hours on. 24 hours on. You changed my mind on this. Well, you didn't. You showed me a problem I didn't know I had actually quite a while ago. Um, so 24 is useful, I think, um, in some um, areas of growing, starting off with seedlings, clones, um, but even that's being questioned in my head now because someone who does a lot of clones has recently said to me that running them uh, no, under veg, very close to flowering times, is getting them a better and faster success rate. But we'll get to that in a minute. So 24 hours a day would be used for, someone would use for uh, seedlings, clones, veg, which I, don't, I no longer agree with, and um, auto flowers, which is something that people say you can run them on. Um, uh, I'm of, I was of the opinion that plants don't need a rest in an in, in a artificial environment and if I want to get the most out of the plant and it will it will cope with 24-0 then use it but now I'm of a different opinion that you need to give them a bit of a rest from the light but um, what I noticed when using 24-0 is some strains reacted fine with it I mean you could have them in veg under 24 hours of light um, until the day of flip it was a I think it was what strain it was a plant and i thought i had a few issues going on and you looked at it and just said what light is like were you using boom changed eight in the six sort of the problem out so i do think that some it stresses some strains out i don't think that's going to be helpful going into flower you don't want a plant that's already stressed out going into flower for obvious reasons so um yeah i don't know i no longer think it's beneficial as beneficial as what it was i think the plant will do just as well one day in and six for veg and an auto flow could be run at 20. If you really want to do as much like 20 hours and on four hours off would be fine. But I'm no longer of the opinion that 24-0 is the best way to run a established plant. I do think it is the best way to get your seedling not to stretch and fall over. And um, I do think it's still one of the best ways, a very low power lighting, obviously, but um, over clones just to give them the energy they need to root. But again, that's been tested in my head now. No, man, I can only but agree for the most part. Like, I think you covered most of the things I wanted to say about 24-hour lighting. Um, maybe that I don't know if things necessarily are happy running under 24 if you're not seeing detriment, but I think maybe they're, that you're getting away with running 24, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. Um but again, in my head, and I'm, I don't want to say it's proven science, but a lot of plant types deal with their light cycle, their harvesting energy, and it gets stored in their systems. But during their night cycle is when they actually start to respire, like we know, and break down that energy yeah. and use it for actual growth. So... When I see like auto flowers under twenty four zero, instantly you can kind of tell because they're a really stocky plant who's not had the room to to really stretch themselves out to a, yeah. to the potential size they could. Um, 
but once you start noticing a 24 cycle, you can almost pick it out for some um, strain types. Other thing, like you say, other things they will run regardless of a 24 cycle. But I think you could potentially do yourself a better kilowatt hours running with a dark period. Yeah, like them extra four hours, like you mentioned, I think aren't necessarily a gain for the amount of power you're putting in. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, I'll get to flowering cycle where I do think an extra hour of light may be beneficial. But on this one, no. But this is this is what um, having these chats and what's occurring to me is, is I'm starting to take on more of what I'm hearing elsewhere. And what I'm getting at with that is um, with the light cycles, with the 24-0, like you just said there, the plant is using up. It, 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 it has a function that night. There is a function to a plant having a bit of rest. I think 24, we're kind of both agreed it is one of them you can get by on it, but it will save you money in the long run to invest in a even a cheap segmented timer that you run under its maximum load. They, I mean, everyone goes on about digital timers, contact timers, but if you just look at the back of a segmented timer and keep it under its load capacity, most of the time you can get away with it. Yeah. Right. And let's go wrong with them. The amount of digital timers that I've had, low price to medium to even high price, it's just less to go. What I'm starting to realise with grow equipment is less to go wrong is not a bad thing. Yeah, and even digital timers have a, a timer drift, which yeah. is how you lose a few seconds every day, week, month, whatever. So a digital timer is not necessarily saving you that much time and effort if it goes into t a fucking um, programming that learning to program the thing in the first place which is like a 10 hour course yeah but then for trying to program it yourself i i'm i'm a big fan of segmented timers but use only use the the right uh, up to the capacity it can take and yeah. then get another one like this is it yeah you, you can run multiple can't you i mean yeah it will it's, this is another thing. I'm not sure if it's advisable, but you can even use 24-hour segmented timers to run a a 48-hour kind of schedule. So if I only want to feed every two days, I can set a 15-minute feed time on one timer and a 12-hour timer on the other. So I get a feed every 48 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's ways of making them uh, suit what you need them to do as well and for for the cost I think they, that segment and timers are definitely well worth it well, any that, timer is it's, it's, the reason I say that is, is I've been a nightmare for having timers or losing them and I, I've i noticed a difference in the fact that if I'm just doing my lights on half an hour late half an hour early I've definitely had more issues in the, them couple of rows that I've done that with and it's been complete laziness because timers cost nothing they break, I think, oh, I'll just go out and turn them off on my home anyway, at the times that they go on and off the lights. But it's, it's a real valid, a real important part. And it's the same. I know everyone will be using them and you get me the most lighting kits, but don't get lazy with it. It's a little, or as I always say, a little 1%. Just getting the timing, the lights on and off at the right times consistently for me. It's very yeah. important. It's a big deal for them plants, man. Yeah, they yeah. start expecting when the lights to go off. So... Yeah, it's definitely worth putting in that little bit of investment. But then I suppose once you've got your timer, that's when you can start running other light cycles. Little segue there. Is it, oh, this other light cycles. So we're covering the, so we've got the basics anyway, what we would call well, that, 18 and 6 and 12, 12. Okay. Would, is yeah. what we would say would be, I think it's a good way to get into the other light cycles, but for a photoperiod plant, that are the, the, the two standalone basics that you'll find 90% of growers using, in my opinion, um, which I think is good. I, I, I now, I didn't ever use 18 and 6. I always use 20 and 0 or 24 and 0. I always, in my head, more light is going to do better, more light, more, 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 more. But, um, so they the basics, but obviously you, can, you don't need to run at them. You can run at anything within reason as long as well, the plant is thinks, knows it's in the right stage should we break down 18.6 anyway yeah if we're progressing from full light to adding a bit of darkness yeah 18.6 yeah. is theoretically your next stop in your progress towards flower and stuff eh? yeah 
So when, when do you, because you said before you like like to run clones and starters at 24-0? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, personally, um, clones, I'm all about the 24 hours. They 24 hours with super low light um, is just, I don't know, I've always found rooting the best way like that. That's, but, that's what I've wanted from it. That's what I've got to with, with myself. Yeah, to the point that I'll put them in the shade of other plants. Yeah. Like, so they're getting just the very, very bare minimum so they they know that it's daytime. But yeah, I'd want them only not photosynthesizing, basically, just knowing that they're still meant to be alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I, as soon as they're rooted, I will move them into like 18.6 or at least a, a veg cycle that's not full light all the time. Um, and again, with uh, my seedlings, I go into the, like with a bit of dark period. But when you mention that, I do always get kind of not leggy, leggy seedlings, but they go a few inches. Yeah. So that's something I'm going to have to have a little play with and see if my light cycle can change that for the better. Um, but yeah, light I- intensity plays a big part with that as well. That, that, that's the only... Light intensity will keep that seedling squat as it needs to be. It will soon first scale that first set of preludes, but you don't oh. want to be running too much power if you've got a dedicated seedling cab, do you? Because you're not going to have a yeah. 400 watt in there. So I'm, I'm also a firm believer that they're putting the energy they've sequestered in the light period to use in the dark period. So yeah. it makes complete sense to me that you would get more stretch by adding more dark. Yeah. Um, and it's it's I want to call it a working theory because every time I've I've kind of practiced it with reducing the light cycle, something we'll get to later on. But for stretch, I was running eleven hours light, and it made stretch insane. So um, it kind of confirmed that the dark periods where they're doing the most of their vertical growth. I'm not sure if like. It, got, it works the same for bud production, but definitely the height of the plant was getting bigger for the 18, uh, for the longer dark period. Yeah. So again, when I'm in veg, that's kind of what I'm looking to build. I want to build a structure of nodes that are spaced out evenly enough that I've got a plant that I can flip and not have to manage and take out too much because I want everything spaced out well in preparation. So the dark period in veg, I think, can give you the space to to work and plan what you're actually going to do with your plants maybe yeah i i agree i agree and you do need especially if you're coming into it if you're not training if you're going straight from you want a plant that's going to be a natural shape and you're flipping real early then you really don't want a lot of stretch you, you do but you don't that's when it can get out of hand because obviously it, it if you start getting six inches between each and each yeah you still want node. regular nodes but you don't want insane stretch you don't yeah because if you're going to have one main color with a few side branches you really need that main color to do its work but training wise like that that's what changed for me a little bit was if i'm scrogging then in veg obviously um to get a full net then running a little bit longer dark it's not a bad thing it really gets me there a bit faster so I think well, the light schedule can also be used with your training. You don't want to be running 24-hour in veg if you're wanting to fill a net pretty quickly. It's, it's, it's counterproductive. I think it's worth mentioning just that uh, sometimes when you're filling a net, we we hold on to too many branches. We get overzealous and yeah, we'll, <laughs> that we'll have two buds that are trying to come through the same square because mm. that node's grown horizontally and it's grown two nodes in the same place on the vertical axis, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So when they both go up, they're instantly competing. So I've taken to, it's actually a tree pruning method where you run the back of your hand over the underside of the branch and anything it snags on comes off. Okay, yeah, I get that. And it's just a, a good way of stopping your own plant competing with itself for light especially when you're doing that kind of heavy scrog work where you're really bending the vertical branches horizontal. Yeah, that no, makes sense. And obviously we're training for a reason, spending time training for a reason. You don't want to be 
you're trying to get it so the plant won't be competing with itself. Yeah, so a so. full net for can be kind of overfilled by buds each square, but filled net as in to the wall to wall, you can yeah. really save time by using that extra light period, yeah, uh, extra dark definitely. period. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's why that's why I started to notice it. That's why I, when I started to, I don't really scrub. I don't know what I do. It's, it's a bit of a mix of things, but I definitely started to notice it filling a lot faster out. And it's not just that, you, that that could be of anything. I'd imagine that with mainlining and other training techniques, is is you really want to get that structure. When you're trying to build a structure, a, a flat structure or a structure just not natural, you you want to be able to you want the plant to play with you basically you want it you want it to be friendly to you and able to be able to bend it and get it into shapes that you want and 24 hour light is, is just not going to help that because it is going to be slowly getting there and it's going to be like, stacked as well yeah so exactly. the amount you've got to hack out to make it a functional area yeah kind of almost defeats the object of how much power you've put into running for 24 hours yeah no i i totally agree with it and as i said that that's why i changed now to eight and six from 24 or 20 and four probably was what i was using no i wasn't i was using 24 i was lazy the last few that i'd done before i started really noticing that this is taking far too long it shouldn't be taking this long in cocoa so well i'm glad you mentioned 20 and four because 20 and four i'd put exactly in the same range as running at 18 six yeah. but if you've got a a particular plant that wants to put say a four inch stagger between their nodes run it with the 20 because then you can bring them nodes down to three two and a half inch distance yeah 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 um so moving yeah. into like being a training method here but it's true no absolutely yeah. it's another tool in your tool belt to yeah. kind of if i'm trying to finesse what i'm doing i can cater or i can change the structure of the plant with a little bit of knowledge yeah so a lot of people probably look to light intensity to do that as well. So it's an interesting point. Yeah, man. Well, for me as an LED guy, they're they're hand in hand. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting that dynamic. I'm real flexible. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, 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 good man. Um, but. That's, yeah, pretty much veg out the way, isn't it? Because, it is. yeah, I mean, you've got the option of running down to 16 hours lights on. And I've tried that. And I, I, I ask you, yeah. I was going to say, that, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll do a little seg bit now. Yeah. Um, but in veg, I have tried to push my luck on how low you can keep the light cycle on. And I, in early days, I had a, a mother plant that was happy to sit in veg at 13 hours of lights on. So I kind of became comfortable that plants essentially needed 12-12 to flip because this would flower at 12-12, but not at 13 on, 11 off. But then I, a plant I'm keeping at the minute, um, brain damage, it is putting out pre-flowers and going into flowers so slowly at this light cycle that I've had to bump it up past 15 hours, um, past, I think, I'm, yeah, back up. I'm all the way up to 18 hours of actual light now for veg to bring it back into a healthy vegetative growth. Yeah. Um, the brain damage does have some Hawaiian in it, which I'm... I was about to ask you about location. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I was... I mean, I'm no expert on this stuff, yeah. but I would fathom a guess that because it's kind of tropical, it's looking for a smaller margin of light shift to put it into flower. Yeah. Um, so it needs a more defined, big difference to keep it out. But that's kind of just me stabbing in the dark. Um, no, it makes perfect sense to be honest. I mean, the different plants have evolved in different areas of the world. Obviously, I know we're mixing them now, but it's going to carry traits, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If, it's, if, it's, if you're looking at almost a 12 12 light cycle and there's like an hour each side of it on the equator, then I mean, you know, it's really going to be the minutest difference to turn them. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's amazing when it kind of caught me out because I was like, why are you flowering? 
<laughs> what? What's going on? Um, yeah, and then I yeah put an hour on. It's like, what? Why are you? Why are you more unhappy now? It's not like it went into reveg, but it just kind of kept flowering, but grumpily. So yeah, it's been like a steady, a bit more light, a bit more light, and now it's still in like you know pre-flower, mature plant as a as a mother usually gets, but yeah, it's now actually putting out nodes rather than trying to crown. So yeah, the, the, yeah. It's mad though because you didn't you have one strain you run at fourteen? Was it the yeah. disco? Yeah, well, disco. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure it was the disco. It was down at thirteen hours for a long time. Hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were having that discussion because you were like, "I flower at thirteen hours a light." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> how, how are now, you yeah. doing that, man? My plant is kept at thirteen hours a light. Like it completely blew my mind because yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm being efficient. It doesn't cost me enough literally nothing to keep a, a mother under seven watts of light for 13 hours a day like that's nothing like yeah that's barely not even pennies because more to keep the front room lit up didn't it yeah so, man yeah but no you did it yeah i remember you saying it and that's what it was but i mean it, it's i think it definitely must be genetics to do that I mean, unless a plant has been kept for a very, very long time. As you say, so the plants get used to being, timing is, needs to be right because um, at least on and off timing, whichever schedule has to be right, because the plants get used to it. So maybe a plant is, I mean, would be, get used to, uh, a mum would get used to after being in five years of 13, 11 or something like that maybe. But it, yeah, I, I that's do believe really valid, man. I wonder if you could not necessarily creep it that way, but take a clone introduce it to that being its veg cycle and kind of keep it there maybe yeah i mean i, I don't see why not um, the same yeah. is just look at the tents we use the lights we use the, what we use to control our environments there isn't you couldn't get more artificial if you wanted to mm-hmm. if we can take a plant that oh a lot of them are probably bred and tested in in tents but these are natural plants they're not didn't evolve to be in a 1.2 to 1.2 tent underneath <laughs> a very intense light you know what i mean <laughs> So maybe you can, but I don't know. I, I I would more lean to genetics being a bigger factor in that and where the parents yeah. are, are, are from. Or at least we recently spoke to a reader and he was saying that he has to really tailor his strains from where they bred in the world to where they're now doing their growing because it, it, it just wouldn't work. The first cycle just doesn't work. Um, it takes a few cycles to get the plant. Well, no, he confirmed it. It takes a few cycles to get a plant used to certain um, latitudes on the planet. And there's so, going to be so many variables that when that yeah. we barely even look at, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's getting too many rabbit holes. This is one supposed to be building to the rabbit holes in later shows. No, we're, we're, we're getting there, man. Because yeah. well, thirteen eleven is an interesting light cycle because it does seem to for some plants you you get away with it. Some yeah. plants you get away with it before adding an extra hour to well how much did you work it out to like four days you end up adding of light to your yeah. light cycle in flower three to four days depending like on a nine to ten week or just under three days there's like, a lot of light over 70 days if you say in 70 days and it's 70 hours so if you work that out i mean that, that's a lot of light yeah man that's over that potentially period. a lot of carbon so that that's changed my mind. Though. I remember sitting there. I'm, I'm not saying I come up with the idea. It's been around for many a year before I even knew what a cannabis plant was. But I was sitting there one day and I was sorting the timers out. And know it was. I, I, had a, I used a digital timers after slagging them off earlier. And I went through and I realised that I got the hour wrong on the on. And I have to set it ten times this timer, or it won't work. So I have to set it ten sets of times at the same time for the same amount of days. It's, it's, it does my head in. But it's, I love the timer because they never blow up on me. So I've done it and I realised and I thought, ah, oh, sod it. And I thought it was clocked on. I was like, hold on, that's 70 hours of light over 10 weeks. And that's a lot of light. So, and obviously light is needed. If you could, I, mean, I know light's needed and that's a, a given. But what I'm saying is, is if you was to grow a plant on four hours of light, it would never get into that. Obviously it wouldn't get into flower. But you know what I mean? It's not going to produce. It's the same light intensity enough watts. So at that point in my growing journey, it was more about, well, more light, more bud. Or be better, or more mature bud, uh, almost. You know, because you, you need the light to, to ripen the plants off anyway. So th- that's why I went with it. But there are drawbacks to it for me. Little side rabbit hole, which is kind of just sprung up in my head. So there's this term floating around the place DLI, 
which is daily light integral, which is basically plant. A lot of plants have a capacity that they seek to achieve in the amount of light that they absorb in their day period. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of debated if cannabis has one as in a capacity or if it has one to the point how much it can do at any given time okay um but if it's on a a capacity like filling up a car's fuel tank say there's a very good chance with more traditional lighting this is just my theory at the moment that i kind of developed while you're talking um but yeah with traditional lighting if the efficiency is not necessarily there to top it up to capacity within a 12-12 cycle do you think that extra hour is where you're seeing the benefit basically it could well be i've used parabolics and they're not why they are really good spread they're nowhere near as intense as a vertical bulb so when it's spot on there well as well when it comes to this dli i'm still kind of on the fence because i see plants what i think of as preparing for sleep where they'll lose the the pressure in this, their top leaves and fall down basically not as if they're wilting but you know how plants look sad when they're when it's night time yeah yeah um basically i see that at a distinct height in the canopy so only like say the top three inches of above the majority will do that which in my head is like that's the part that's potentially hitting or gaining the most light the fastest so can book off first does that make sense like yeah i think you're i think you want the same with this um so then the lower canopy not lower canopy but what i think is the main canopy because the front runners i should try and control but the main canopy as long as that goes into that sleep mode or doesn't even go into that sleep mode the front runners need to hit that sleep mode i figure i'm at the most efficient amount of light i can be putting out for the canopy's height and size because the front runners are obviously getting slightly too much because they're going to bed early but the guys just below them are working until lights out yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, really so that's sense. also kind of what I'm also using as my intensity and light height guide at the moment. Like, instead of using a number feedback, that's it's, kind of the cue I'm try, I'm testing to see if it works mate, for me. And that is what we try and teach, or not teach, but that's, that's the advice we give is all the gadgets on the planet, read your plants. And you're reading the plants there in a way that I've never thought of doing it. So that's really interesting, man. I like that a lot. I thought it was worth sharing because it it does sound out the box, but it seems to be working to my theory at the moment, but I will keep everyone up to date how it goes. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I like that. Definitely keep us up to date, man. But that brings us into flower. I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, we've done 13, 11 to 12, 12 is is the natural, unless of course we're missing something here and that's auto flowers. So auto flowers are not needed. And that's why I think people get mixed up with what we said earlier with the 24 row. Nothing wrong with 24 row. I'm sure many growers use it. I'm now don't use it for the reasons I've mentioned. GMO won't use it for the reasons you've mentioned, but. Because I'm tight. (laughs) But there's a plate, there's a place for it. But obviously with an auto flower, you can flower them out on any light. In fact, one of the biggest auto flowers I've ever seen was grown on a 12-12 light cycle, which is quite interesting. But that could have just been genetics and that person being very good at what he does. I think that's, again, I think I mentioned it when we were talking 24-0, but I I do believe autos perform better with some dark so that they can stretch their legs. Yep, definitely, definitely. So I'm just revisiting that because we're now on flower, but we haven't really said photo period and flower and auto flower and flower. So no, auto flowers right. will flower on anything. They, they, they'll they flower on a million hours light a day. It's just the way that they are done. We need to do a show on auto flowers actually and, and where they come from. That'd be interesting. I think a lot of people like that. But... We'd need an auto flower expert in the house. We would. Otherwise it'd just be a, a shit slinging fest. That's it. <laughs> Just do it. We'll just Bring be slagging them off. What, what do you like about autofires? Nothing. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 
joking. I, I like all those, man. I've got a little OG. It's not actually mine. If my tent's not here at the moment, but the little OG is stuck in, and it's, it fucking looks lovely. It does. It's not like some people do them, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm sort of looking at it, thinking, oh, I can get ten of them in a two point four or one point two. I am kind of enjoying all those in soil when they get going. Yeah, I'd tell you, in soil, it's a good one, I'd imagine, because you're not having to... It's trying to guess the, the exact point to start getting that pico from. That's my problem. But we'll get to that on that show, because that's another rabbit hole yeah, in entirety. But, um, but yeah, so lighting cycles... Oh, can you fluff a chair? Lighting cycles for autoflowers or anything, but photo period need to be flipped, obviously, into a tricked into thinking that winter is coming. That and white walkers are going to get them, because otherwise they won't produce flower. Well, that kind of already leads me into a question I want to ask. Oh, ask. There we go. Got it out properly. Um, do you run or do you do the whole like 15 minutes a day or every other day to introduce 12-12? No, I want them shocked into flower as fast as possible. I've noticed a few things that I've done uh, the last year. It's definitely seen me getting my plants into flower quicker. One of them was dropping 13-11 down to 12-12. I'm now debating bringing 13-11 back into play. When you say into flower quicker, do you mean putting out pistols or to the point of being full crowning and no longer stretching? Yeah, as in true flower, what I would call true flower. I've got crowns on them. So... Well, that's a tool as well. I just want to kind of highlight this while yeah. we're on the subject because I've seen a couple of members and I've suffered it myself literally in this runt's grow. So I overexpected stretch and I, I, I basically was looking to extend stretch as far as I could. Like I wanted yeah. a good three weeks of the plant filling out before fully establishing crowns. Otherwise I, I would have been, basically wasted the space. So um, like you say, sometimes if your plant is ripe and filled out, shock it into flip get it locked yeah. off and yeah but sometimes the extending stretch is kind of more useful for certain yeah. times this is this is, this is the thing that you've a real valid point there because i will veg longer than most people i think and i fill my nets a hundred percent now with this this sort of scrub thing that i'm doing so i'm i'm the way that i like to grow at the moment this will change as with everybody is to have my net two to three inches above the pot to give the plant i'm scrogging to not scrog so i'm scrogging to give the plant 100 percent coverage of the tent and they can have three foot codes if they if they want them three foot top so it, it can go for the stars so i'm sort of mixing a few growing methods up <clears throat> but so yeah very important there it is if i was still training into a scrog for to what they do it 10 to 21 days some people would still train after after you first flip I wouldn't yeah, want to shock them into flower in the yeah, first seven days. Yeah, that's it. In a scrog, I try and train for 10 and then let them stretch through for maybe seven. So, yeah, I'm aiming for, like, just shy of full three weeks of stretch. Yeah. Like, But, so, yeah, with a bit of play each side of that. My method is trying to get them there, but I've already spent the time getting everything just right in veg rather than trying to train. So, I'm not, as I say, it's not really scrogging it. I don't know what it is, but... Yeah. It's I, a valid I point there. I like the use of it in being a scrog. I don't think I don't think there should be a definition to scrog. Yeah, no, I like, being it, a I like use of a net. Yeah, I like getting it flat to then let them get as big as they want. But with strains I know really well, I want. I, 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 I know what I'm going for already. But if I don't know the strain, like the critical at the moment, I want to see that in, in in its entirety, but still get the most from it. So a good way to sort of it's sort of a thing, I suppose you could say, because there's eight out there and there's there's there eight. Ceiling, so I might get one that's really special, but the only way to really see it special is not to have a load of eight inch buds above the net. I want to see the structure of the plant do that naturally. I'm not going to get much from it, but by basically flattening it out and then letting it go from day one, I will see the, the bud structure that the, the, the nodal spacing because it's un what was the word for it unviolated from day one. A flower, you're almost doing a traditional LST, yeah, to be yeah. honest, man. Do you know what it is? It is an LST. You're spot on with that, just using a net to do it. Yeah, you've just got like too much plant matter to tie down one branch. Yeah. So you lay a net over and lay the whole thing down that direction. Yeah. 
that, that, that's spot on. It is. It, see, I didn't even think of it that way. I do use pipe. I, I don't know more. I used to use pipe cleaners to get it, and then lazy scrogs, what I call it. I'd let it get to two foot tall, just let them get big, and then batter them. We'll call it a low, low stress scrog, LSS. LSS, yeah, that's it. I'm going to coin that. No one can use that unless they pay me 33 grand. So <laughs> you're already in debt. But, but no, it's, uh, yeah, that, that's it. So, but again, I can do that back to the lighting. I'm able to do that because my net is 100% full um, when doing so. Um, when I flip, I haven't got any space. I'm overfilled it, if anything. So I'm not trying to retrain it. And it comes again using lighting as training method. So, yeah, um, a 13 11 approach would probably assist in that, I think, because I've noticed a, definitely a bit slower to get into true flower um, plants under 13 11, which is what we were talking about uh, a minute ago. But 12 12, I, I hit them with 12 12 and I hit them with PK, and I'll, I'll do everything I can to let them know you are in flower, you will start flowering. So, so you do run 12 12, well, you're back on 12 12 now for. I am now, yeah, for yeah. flower. Now, I'm thinking about reintroducing 13-11 after stretch to get that extra day back in. And then I, I've never done what you said, the 15-minute creeping. I get it. I totally get it. It's more natural. I know that some LEDs now will um, have got time to set in to do that. Oh, no, not even that. I mean, there was a lot of ones. That, I think the Gavit has done that, didn't they? They've done the, the, the intensity of light. On yeah, the that, that's a daylight nighttime setting. That's slightly different. Yeah. Uh, sunrise, sunset, sorry. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't um, do the creep. Yeah. But I might do the creep to get that extra hour back in from week three. But for now, I want them knowing they're in flower. And I draw, I'm, I'm 18, 6 and veg and 12 and 12. So I'm back to basics. Okay. Basics. Back so you're, to normal. You're looking to potentially expand into an extra hour of light after stretch, is that? Yeah, yeah. Creep it up, though. It has to be creeped. I think if I went straight in with an extra hour, or then and I might adversely affect them. As you said, some you don't know the strain. You may think it's in veg and you don't want that at week three. But so I just sat here and thought, everything we just said is exactly what I'm doing now. I'm using 18 and 6 to get my plants to fill the net. And then I'm using 12, 12 to get them into flower. So I'm actually, even though I know it's an obvious one, but I really am using lighting as a training tool. Really using it as a training tool. Which what, is quite even subconsciously. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's cool, man. But then again, on, on that note, because... After stretch, uh, I like to move down to 11 hours of lights on because, like we mentioned, I'm trying to be as kind of efficient with the amount of light uh, input for output, basically. And I didn't see much drop off for return when I dropped an hour of lights on um, through after stretch. But I did make a very bad mistake of leaving that timer on. 11 hours lights on 13 off for when i put the next cycle into it to flip so it was stretching under a 13 hour off cycle yeah they went past the lights kind of like we discussed earlier um that dark period i'm 100 percent convinced is when they do their lateral growth yeah, if not totally a lot of other it. growth yeah so that was a moment I was really like, holy crap, man, what the hell have I done? Looked at the timer and I was like, oh, it all makes so much sense. They've just gone straight up. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily stretching for light because they were they were burnt. They were they were bleached. I had albino tips. Oh, so the, the, the intensity was more than there. Yeah. It was they were kind of given the time to put the energy into stretching rather than building structure. Is kind of how I'm building the idea in my head. Like they're at night, they're almost focused on going up intensely or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, you're 100 right. It's obvious to see, and, and and the quickest and fastest way to see that is if a seedling. If a seedling hasn't got enough light, it will go for the stars, and, and that's when it's doing its upward growth. So just just it's about light bulb moments in your head, and this is obviously just my random stone of thought. But are they bulking out during lights out? Are they obviously using the light to to make energy to produce the sugars in the leaves? And are they then using that at night? Oh, well, that's literally it. At yeah. night, basically during the day, they do transpiration. So yeah. that's water being transported from the roots to the leaves, 
and and in that process it helps them transport everything else but that process drives photosynthesis and the production of atp and acp atp atp and um that gets stored it's at night that that energy gets turned from atp back in and broken down Oh, sorry, broken down from sugars back into ATP into usable energy. Um, and that usable energy is used to create cells, cell division. And in my head, cell division is going to be, at night especially, is going to be driven to lateral growth. Like, I don't think you'll be getting bud structure at night. I think bud structure as... There, this is going to be another little fucking rabbit hole. So buds, as we know, we call them calyx. Calyx is a term to refer to a shape of a, a flower petal that's a cup shape. But that's also a bit of a stoner misconception because we're not looking at a flower. We're looking at a specialized sex organ that's actually made out of leaves. I mean, you blew my mind when you first told me this, but go on, yeah. this is interesting. Well, those leaves are called bracts. And it's just a, a very specialized sex organ that's made from a, a, a leaf tissue. Yeah. So it's really different to a cat. Uh, um, yeah, a cal- uh, calyx. Is that what I was saying before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so our understanding of what goes into the production of that tissue kind of has to change because that's that is flower material well no it's sexually active material but it's not necessarily what we understand as flowering material they still need vegetative growth to produce leaf matter yeah that's a valid point as well again not misconception just a stone of training thought but you're right yeah it's like we get given a tiny snippet of information and it gets run with yeah but it only, I don't know, it takes highlighting from somebody in an, in actually the ed, an educated realm for us to kind of understand it in a, a real sense. Well, this leads me on to running with some information. So I've had a light bulb in my head. It's probably a very bad light bulb. But you said earlier about plants being able to use, accept and use a certain amount of light. So the hour period could be, in my head, different from the light and the efficiency and the spectrum and the usable light being given to a plant. Could yeah. you then in flower, because you can reduce the hours down, if you were given, if you, if we knew that number, if we knew that number, if that number was 100, I don't know how it's, how it's uh, expressed, but let's say that number is 100 and you're able to give that plant 100 of the light that it needs in four hours, do you need to run 12? That's a bit of a... Uh, a so that can be answered so there is a peak kind of capacity to the amount of metabolizing a plant can do and this is where the kind of debate between dli and um, light intensity comes in yeah so it's understood that cannabis is incredibly light hungry especially when you supplement co2 you can push light levels up to like the 1200 ppfd range and above but in in a normal circumstance, 750 will usually cause some kind of light distress to at least slow the plant down to defend from the amount of light it's dealing with if you haven't got CO2 so it can keep up with it. So that, is, that measure is a measure per second. Okay. So that measure per second is then worked out over a... 12 hour lighting period potentially and this is where it becomes kind of debated the question is because we know that per second cannabis can instantly start metabolizing light up to this capacity does that make its dli uh equatable to a 12 hour light cycle or can you reduce it so that it gets its dli within a, a certain period of time like you say four hours I personally think that there's a bit of an offset here. Like you can only maximize the metabolism to, to what it's able to do. Yeah. 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 No, that's definitely going to be a factor. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that DLI. See where that ends up that research, whoever's doing it. Yeah. It, very it's, interesting. 
it's it's a really tricky subject because again when you're talking cannabis all you have to do when you check in this research like well they didn't try my strain and I know, blow I know. the fucking research out of the water tent. this is me that's <laughs> what i say wasn't in my strain wasn't in my tent but yeah but no it does that that is almost enough to justify your argument man because know, they are so vastly varied that that i'm there's no saying that that's it those seeds from the same plant are going to behave the same yeah so i do accept that as an argument and it's fully justified and i can't defend against it but sometimes you kind of have to open yourself to the information that shows the possibility of theory like, yeah 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 no yeah I, I totally agree i'm becoming more and more open to ideas i was very one-tracked i think with a lot of ways in my head and um, we grow enough strains ourselves that we can even test that it works on one and not another exactly yeah exactly exactly yeah. most of us are running multi-strain now i think i think or even have two or three mums that are polar because we don't want the same smoke like so yeah. that if they're polar flavor there's a good chance they're polar genetics and going to react kind of differently when you tweak them differently yeah uh, so there is a lot of home stuff we at. can fucking do to aid in the research i suppose it'd be interesting i mean we could we could do that with some of the grow-ups maybe in the future um run some tests that would be a cool thing to do as a group of growers on a farm it would but yeah, yeah. i i'm now using that that limping or like that pre-sleep cue that yeah. that's what i'm going by now uh i'm only using it in veg because it's the only place i've got eyes on intensely but yeah. yeah i think that's now what i'm going to try and use as my dli gauge like when the plant is booking off basically yeah 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 like, I've done my work for the day. That's it. So we've been off a few rabbit holes, haven't we, on this one? But it's good. No, but lighting cycle is—it's it, worth kind of filling in the blanks sometimes. And like I say that um, they're all tools in your tool belt because yeah. it becomes ways to tweak what you can, what you're getting from the structures that you have provided. Like genetics are only so much. We still have a lot of control. I didn't even realise that like I said that I was using it as a tool, even though I knew I was. I mean, that sounds like I'm putting myself down, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't realise no. I'd adjusted the timings subconsciously, and that's why I'm doing it now I'm saying it. When you say something out loud, you realise you're doing something, and I realised that I am actively adjusting the, the lighting schedules, not to preference, to training method, and what I'm trying to end up with. 110%, man. man. It, that's the benefit of experience that we start doing things subconsciously through the yeah. feedback we already got. Yeah. And that's why I've really, I've really enjoyed these discussions because sometimes I feel like it's like a confirmed bias <laughs> or but yeah, yeah it, it confirms my bias almost because I have to kind of convince you and then it works out. But a lot of the time, yeah, it seems to make a lot of sense. Logic comes through a lot of the time. So we've done 12, 12. I think that's it. But the one, one other thing is a bit of a grower's myth or not a myth. Ooh, would be, I don't know where you're going to say. You know man. where I'm going to go. The three hours, three, three hours, three hours of dark before chop. The three days of dark before chop. And Well, before we get there, man, yeah. I want to say I don't want adrenaline in my bud. So if you can sneak up on their mofos when they're asleep and take them out and they don't know it, there's not going to be adrenaline in your bud. <laughs> Fucking ninja chop, man. Walking near the samurai. But, but yeah, make sure you put socks over your shoes. <laughs> Barefoot, mate. You're <laughs> about. But no, it's. Uh, yeah. So you're, let's do that and chopping light and dark. Do you want to chop during dark hours? So obviously, not everyone gets the choice. Not everyone will have the choice. A lot of people will run lights on through a time that they're obviously at home because of commitments in life. And that will be the only time, therefore, they can chop. But I like to chop it. Uh, lights out um, I always have um, uh, what about yourself what would you prefer to I was going to say I, I was going to say why why do you prefer to chop at lights out you put me on the spot no I just I've been told I just want to hear <laughs> I want to hear the, I want to hear the logic behind it because I, I I've kind of broken down some science in my head that I'll go yeah. into afterwards that justifies everybody's means at the end of the day but i'd like to hear your logic on even chopping at the dark period before the next lights come on like 
I think that's what you're going on about. Yeah, basically, d- they they have a a, a light period the day before. They go to sleep, and then during that sleep, you'll take them out at some point. I, I think assassinate them. Yeah, this is what I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to see me <laughs> killing their friends. They sleep while I do it. I'm chopping everyone's heads off. But now, to me, the plant's obviously sleeping. I mean, this is, comes from complete ignorance, but it's not. You know, it's not. Obviously, it would be probably uses some water, some feed, but it's not. It's not drinking. It's not. It's, it's the, the quietest the plant's going to be and the calmest the plant's going to be within reason without being got a joke on it. I mean, it's when the plant is, you know, chilling out, basically. And it's just the way that I've always been told to do it, really. I mean, for, I've been growing many years. I've never really tackled that in my head as to why I think it. But I just think nighttime's better. I think the plant is doing less and um, less stress. So that doesn't really matter about the stress. Um, yeah, I just prefer at night, I think. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like, like I say, I, I don't disagree with anybody's methods. It's kind of like I'm more... I think the method is really, really justified by the aim at the end of the day. And I have no issue with people who turn the lights off for three days to save electric. I have no issue with people who turn their lights off for three days to retain what kind of is produced already by kind of dropping the exposure to light degradation and high temperature degradation. Like retention of what you've got is a valid excuse for doing it. Yeah. I'm very much waiting for evidence that doing a three-day dark period produces more resin just because in my head if you do that and you're producing something new you'd be producing clear trichome heads so there would be a visible evidence that it made a immediate difference in those three-day periods not necessarily on a report to say it had a higher value compared to something that was exposed to light because that could be retention based in my view but i want it to be justified in new production but then is new production justified because do we want clear trichome heads no that's exactly the reason that i don't do it if we're producing something new we've spent the last two to three weeks at the end of flower ripening our plants off without even realizing that some of us will be using extra lighting to do so or different supplemental lighting system. Why do I want to add fresh trichomes to that bud? It makes no sense to me. And I don't see it doing it anyway. I've never, you know, it's like light bulbs. We keep saying, this is what's beautiful about these discussions. I look at my bud 15 times a day when I'm getting towards shot. I never see no nuclear trichomes. I never do. I've never, I've never seen that. And I, I've never run, yes, I just shot myself on the foot. I don't run that, that lighting period. But I have had periods where I have had the lights off for two days because of heat. But if it's going to be two thirty-four degree days where we are, I'll turn the lights off for the last two days. Not for get producible resin, just because I don't want to run an eighteen hundred watt air conditioner and still fry my plants for the last two days of their life. So I've never noticed it. I've never noticed it, and that is a real valid point and something that can be checked real easily, really easily. I mean, you I can check so. anyone can check that. Yeah, visually, visually at yeah. home with your loop because that's p- part of most people's process Ooh, i feel another graph coming up another another stipulation to the graph well it's, it's very, <laughs> i mean it's very similar to the um trim bowl thing i uh, gauntlet i threw at you like check a, a bowl trimmed bud under a scope and a hand trim bud under the scope yeah and the amount of heads left on the stalks i think will justify hand trimming yeah, I've got. Look, I, I like my bowl trimmers, man, because I grow for oil. I need bigger plants now, and I need eight bigger plants, and I cannot sit in that tent any longer than I do to chop yeah, it. Yeah, man, but, but you get more oil from washing the bowl yeah. trimmer afterwards. Uh, that's what I was about bowl. to say. I got. <laughs> I do get a, a good amount of oil from that thing, but because I'm making oil, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. But I do get it if if you know you're a connoisseur and you want this. The, the most pristine end I prefer weed snob have. weed snob connoisseur makes me sound too fancy i'm no. a weed snob weed snob <laughs> but if you're yeah if you're weed snob and you want the finest looking look it batters them up k bag spotted that straight away 
he remember a couple of my diaries like use a trim on that doing this one I was like yeah yeah and he was like yeah you can see they're battered yeah I was like <laughs> where are you. the box tails gone yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> cleans them up nice done it it cleans them up nice but then the thing is that all the trim it depends what you're using it for if you're using extracts then you just use a trimmer honestly I mean because everything that goes into the bowl is high quality trim as long as you're removing the fan leaves before you put it in there but everything in that bowl is high quality it's basically some you're nipping a few ends off depending you can adjust the blade which I, ha- I don't do you can, I can adjust the blade to the type of bud structure, but yeah, if I was a, uh, was it a, uh, a would you say a bud snob? <laughs> that'll do, that'll do. I'm just a snob, yeah. Jim was a snob. If I was to be snobby about it, I'll put it that way, then I would, I would be hand trimming. I would be hand trimming. I'll take a lot longer to do it. For me, it's a means to an end. I just want to get out there, get the thing down. So it, it goes into, I mean, I'm even rough the way that I treat it now after a harvest. I mean, I when I'm, I put them into bags now. I don't cure in glass jars. I, I, was, I mean, like, really, these are smell proof bags. There's no air getting in and out of them. So it is effectively yeah. a sealed unit. But credit to them, smell proof bags as well. They don't hold static like normal bags. So they don't yeah. necessarily rob your trichome straight away. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. But, um, but no, I, I shake them about and I'm really rough. My bud looks terrible, man, by the time I'm finished. By the time it's ready to be used for anything like I call, but I'm using it for oil, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, I get it. I get it. On the lighting, one thing we did miss, I think, is very similar to the myth we've just had, or non-myth. Um, people will use extra uh, few days of dark period to shock their plants into flower. Now, I don't do that, and I've always said I like to shock my plants into flower. I don't do that because it's not natural. I, I mean, it, well, nothing we're doing is natural, like I say, but it's about as unnatural as you're going to get. You go from 18 and 6 to 36 hours dark to 12, 12. Have you ever done that? No. 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 That's unneeded stress, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, again, it's it's a tool, potentially, because I've, sh- I've heard it shocking out the majority of stretch. Yeah. So they'll Makes basically sense. stall for a week and then set bud structure. No. So, so it sounds like stall. a potential... Yeah, yeah. I don't like exactly. that. Exactly. It's kind of like it's a tool, but it's like if you've over vegged and something's filled yeah, yeah, the space yeah. and you, you put, you put it in, then. you notice shit, it's wall to wall. I'm just going to turn the lights off for three days. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to be in trouble anyway, then, they're, they're, then you're right. It's a tool, but I don't need unneeded stress. And mm-hmm. it, that's what it is. It's, it's unneeded stress at. And you don't want to be stalling the plant. I mean, as from my way of looking at growing, I want them plants as perfect as they can be going into flower because they're about to go through. So it's a heavy transition. I mean, they use a lot of energy. Obviously, we supply the energy to them that they need. No, they're changing their own hormones as well during that time, man. Yeah. A lot happens that we kind of under, under understate, that's the word. They're going through a lot of changes, man. It's a fucking teenager. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So I was just getting the tea there. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, no, no, you're all good, man. No, I just, I, someone I just brought me another tea and I've already got one sat here. It was like, oh, hello. I feel but, like the queen. Yeah. But no, you, you're completely right, mate. It's um, it's a it's a real intense change. You want the plants in tip-top condition. I like to load my plants up for that transition. Like my plants going into flower now are what people would say very on the verge of burning up. But they're using that, that energy up. And I'm not saying everyone should do that. What I'm saying is, is I don't want to stall the plant in that period because it's a really important period that we really want them to get through that transition with as least stress using the energy they need without giving them too much and too less. Stalling the plant in the first week of flower makes no sense to me. No sense to me. I have to agree. Well, again, another thing that we haven't touched on yet. Well, we touched on it for the tra- changing over into, into flower, but um do you reduce your light cycle at all towards the end of flower to kind of encourage them thinking it, it that winter's coming i don't know i mean i again i think this just because of what we just spoke about might be a tool i'll get to it in a minute for me no um the and it's the same thing with the three days of dark the light is ripening the plants off i've been ripening them off for 12 hours a day or 13 hours a day before for 10 weeks i'm not going to start reducing it in the end, it's only hours, but it's the same mentality as why I used to run 13, 11. And I want to try and juice it again. It is hours a day. One hour a day is still one twenty fourth of that day. 
it, it, it's a considerable amount of time, and I I don't know. I, I want them. It's one twelfth of their flower period as well. Yeah, exactly. uh, their lights on potentially. Yeah, it's, even, like, yeah, it's even better way to put it because it makes it sound more you know, bigger. Yeah, which it is for me. No, I, I run twelve twelve, and if I was doing it for reasons like yourself to be more. Um, to do it as economically as possible, then yeah, hundred percent. But for me, it's just about I enjoy the the the. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word. For me, it's just about consistency in mm. my head, and I want the consistency to be there till the end. It's not going to produce a banana or a pollen sack in the last two days and then suddenly seed everything. But I don't want them to be stressed out. But then there's now we we spoke to people that have said you know stress might not be a bad thing. But then now that now you've said what you said, you've messed my head up. Do I want to stress a plant out in week eight? Do I want new trichomes being produced? And do I want, you know, these stresses there to do that? Because we are Time and place. Time and yeah, place with the So you're looking at probably like week four, week five, I think, would be, for me, in my head now, I'm looking at it, would be the best time to stress the plant out. I'm I thinking seven at the latest. Yeah, seven yeah. is when I think your bud structures are formed and you can't, you, you should hopefully not be able to do major detriment. Yeah, you're not going to, even if you've got some pollen sacks come out, I mean, over the week seven period, most strains come down at 10, you're, you're probably going to be all right. We shouldn't be saying that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. Everyone, sometimes things throw bananas and people won't talk about it, but mm. bananas happen and sometimes seeds don't happen from bananas, so it's yeah. all good. I've had bananas many a time, and I won't say the name of the strain, but it was a certain strain that I've done a few times, and... It, it, it gave them to me. And the reason I'm not saying the strain, I don't want to put no one off of it because I never had a seed in it. It just happens to be a strain that threw bananas and it's a very good strain and one of my favourites grown today. So, uh, I, as I said, that's what made me think it. And then I started to notice them on other strains I've grown for a long time and I got really up close and personal with it. Because I'm not sitting there making joints, that's the thing. So I'm really not like up close detail. I'm, I'm, I'm bulk grinding up like 10 ounces of bug. I'm not... Um, sitting there like being a, a bud snob it's during gardening that you notice even though it is, as i've said this a lot of times but i don't once i get to week what, what you've just said once you get to week seven not much can go wrong so i don't look at them i don't <laughs> want to fucking know what's going on in that tent i'm going to be back in three weeks except for feeding you and i'm going to chop you down that, that's my attitude i don't want to see what's going on in there man yeah, i do look done, in there i'm just starving yeah I, I look in there but I, I mean i'm not up close and I, that, that's more just paranoia of all don't that hard work. Don't want to see it go wrong. Yeah. So, so, you know, at that point, I know people say about this, I don't want to get onto more rabbit holes, but with mold and that as well. I know it can spread pretty quickly, but to me, if it's in there at week eight, it's in there for the next two weeks. So I will get it down, but I mean, I'm not inspecting every single bud. I just don't want to know. I'll be back day 70 and you're going to get killed. And that's about as far as our relationship is going to move forward, I'm afraid. So we're not having a, a cuddle up. I do like to kind of nurse them at that point. Well, sometimes, I, but, but yeah, it really depends. Some plants need it. Some plants don't, but just on the whole reducing light cycle at the end. Yeah. Um, I'm not privy to being able to, well, I could try it, but the way I run my space is there's usually an overlap of flipping plants. Yeah. So it's a very valid point though. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I mentioned, I don't, I've now very much avoid running 11 hours lights on 13 hours lights off for stretch. So I can't do it for the end of flower because most of the time I've got the next plants kind of acclimatized, well, starting their stretch for like the five days, last five days or so. So yeah, my perpetual kind of limits me to testing some of them. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That is I like to see. double up spaces because I just find it like, I mean, even when you get into the end of flower and you start losing a few leaves, the, you start wasting light-ish in my head. I'm like, look at all that splash on the floor. Yeah, so I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, let's, just, let's just get the other plants in there using it ready for when that one in the middle gets taken down and then they can take their actual space. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's back that to that kind sense. of efficiency thing. It's probably not yeah. ideal and I'm probably losing a, poten a like potential from the plant in the end but i feel like i'm being slightly more efficient with the oh, time of it i don't think you are because i know the size of your tent if you was doing that in an 80 by 80 very different i think you would possibly be losing but you're not the way in the larger tent i don't look at my tent as a 2.4 1.2 i look at my tent as two 1.2 1.2s even though i'm flowering at the same time 
I, that, that's the way that I train. I even train up to that barrier in the middle. Yeah. It's really... In, in my head, I've almost got eight 1.2 by 0.6s. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's that's the way to look at it, yeah. But so, it, it, yeah, in a larger tank, you can do that. Scale almost. Someone in a uh, wardrobe can't, but... No. Well, even because the 80 by 80 comes into that, but like you say, it's not, it's not got the size that you can really stagger it. You can kind of shuffle things around, but yeah, yeah, it's all always right. going to end up wasting that bit of space. And in, in the smaller tent, every inch matters. You know, it does. Every every inch of that tent and that canopy matters when you're in a smaller tent to be self sufficient. Anyway, eighty by eighty is, is not going to do that. That's a conversation I want to have actually. But well, it, it, yeah, it eighty do. by eighty is a push, but you have to really get your chop gap closed, yeah. but the thing which is, means strict short veggies. Yeah, like. Takes I mean, three weeks being almost a maximum, and you don't really get to choose a plant in three weeks' veg. Yeah. You, you would cover when you first start growing because you're still paying the stupid money they're charging. But once you've been growing your own for a little while, that goes out the window and you smoke 10 times more. So it doesn't fucking work. And talk to stoners and look at <laughs> bud all day. It's, it becomes a lifestyle where you're like, man, there's just weed everywhere all the time. I, I, I need to grow more. We were going fishing after my first harvest, and that's why I started growing. And we all went, and I took it. Everyone there was looked after, obviously. It was just family, and um, every just I had a massive bag of weed because I just grown. I was so excited. It's like let's get stoned, and everyone was like, "I was doing it. We were doing what we normally do with our little ten bag." You know what I mean? Like picking up, and just realised what I just started laughing out loud because I realised what we were doing, even though we had this massive bag of weed that didn't cost <laughs> hundreds of pounds an ounce. You know what I mean? It was mad. <laughs> So breaking up the stalk from in the middle was. of the bud to fit it in your joint and it didn't pop through the skin. What are you boys doing? Give that to the fish. This was it though, but it, I remember looking around and just laughing because it was everyone was doing what we always do when we go fishing. When you go fishing, the first take a bit and every like the first few joints are big, but then you start getting paranoid. We're gonna be here for five days, you know what I mean? We ain't getting no more. So everyone starts and that's exactly what they were doing. I was like, lads, look at this bag of weed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> yeah, good luck getting through it, man. Yeah, if I take I it home, I'll be disappointed. Oh, my brother didn't come out of his business for three days. <laughs> but, yeah. But again, that's another conversation we can have. But yeah. But no, I think we covered that comprehensively. I thought that was going to be a lot shorter. That was about over an hour. We've done that. No, that on was a good side, one, man. Yeah. Uh, it'll probably cut down to a little bit shorter for you. But yeah, yeah, I'd, I'm really pleased with how we hammered that. To be fair, I don't yeah. think much wasn't covered either. 